Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk podcast, guys. We are uh, we're we're closing in on professional golf being back in all shapes and forms. Uh, the PGA Tour uh, announcing they're pretty much starting up here um, in a week or two, and with the PGA Tour starting up, you know we can't forget about the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, Dante, we uh, we had this guy on very early in our days, uh, episode three or four, something we, like that. We did us, us rookies. We were we were uh, young bucks back then, <laughs> back in the day of uh, you know November, <laughs> and uh, yeah, when, right. When we were talking to him last, uh, he was just uh, getting ready for final stage of Q school. Um, you know, kind of hoping he would have full status on the Corn Ferry Tour. Well, fast forward, he played well, um, and he's looking to start out what's what now is a kind of modified roll around schedule for uh, the Corn Ferry Tour 2020, 2021, um, and kind of you know he's going to be able to wrap it up where we talked to him last, where he was going into last at Orange County National um, here coming up in October. But uh, Mickey Demorat, you know, happy to have you back on the show, buddy. Uh, you're excited to get things going here. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, last time we talked, right before final stage, and uh, you know, I was hoping to play well there to get some status, and you know, fortunately, you know, I was able to play well and get into the first uh, twelve events of the year, guaranteed. And uh, you know, we got through six of them before you know the season was cut short. Um, but you know, I've been uh, been able to keep uh, keep my game sharp and grinding at home, uh, playing playing a few moonlight tour events, staying staying sharp, and uh, just ready to get back out there. Um, you know, I've had a mixture of some good and some bad. I've learned a lot just already, even though I've only played six events. I've had you know the lead uh, halfway through uh, the third round. Um, it didn't finish out the way I wanted to, but uh, I've also you know, played some, some solid golf and some final rounds and, you know, it's been a good learning experience. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to kind of a home game, you know, next week and uh, TPC and just, just get it rolling again. I'm ready to, to kind of prove that I can compete out there with those guys again. Yeah, man. I mean, like you said, uh, I, I think you've proved the, the ability to, to kind of shoot up towards the top quickly. Um, you know, take us through those first six events and, and kind of just the, the overall experience of, of getting your feet wet um, and, and, you know, kind of making a comfort out of the Corn Ferry Tour. You guys traveled a lot in those first six events as well. Um, just talk us through those first six and, and kind of what you learned and what you're going to take moving forward out of those first couple events. Yeah, it's, you know, like you said, we've been, we were going all over the place. The first two events uh, were in the Bahamas. Um, and uh, that was just a beautiful, beautiful golf course to be played. Um, we played the Sandals Resort, the first tournament, which uh, was a beautiful Greg Norman design course. Um, it was a little bit of a, you know, welcome to the tour moment because the course is very, very tight. Um, you know, if you're playing with no wind, it'd be a difficult course. And then we'll get there and it's blowing about, you know, 30 gusts to 40 miles an hour and uh, made it made it to be a very difficult test. Uh, you know, there's two holes in the back nine or along the ocean there, and they're about 110 and 130-yard par three straight back in the wind. And, I mean, I think I hit like a five iron and six iron into them each day. <laughs> a little chip shot, so it gives you an idea how strong the wind blew. But uh, fortunately, I missed the cut by one there. I think the cut was – uh, five over and I, I missed the cup by one shooting six over but I felt like I played pretty well um, 
I was disappointed to miss the cut first event of the year, but I knew I was still playing well uh, coming off the final stage. And uh, then the second event was also in the Bahamas. Um, played solid the first two days. I had a had the lead by, I think, one shot. Um, the third round, I started off really, really solid. I actually started out with a bogey and uh, birdied uh, three and then had a, had an eagle on the next hole and kind of got myself into the lead. And, and the cameras kind of came on me, and I, uh, I gave a few away. But it was just a cool experience being in the lead and being in the last group. I uh, learned a lot from that about just patience and not trying to force the issue too much, trying to birdie every hole. Uh, you know, 72 hole is a lot of golf, and you don't have to win it on the on the 38th hole of the tournament. So, <laughs> um, then after that, we went to Panama, uh, which uh, that was a tough golf course. I, I played well there. I wanted to kind of, after not finishing as well in Bahamas, just get my get back into a rhythm, and I finished you know top 30 there, which is nice. And then went to Colombia after that, uh, Bogota, which we played at two golf courses there, and. Had another solid event. Uh, finished 21st there, which is my best best finish so far. And um, we had a had a home game here in Florida. Uh, it was nice to be back in the states, kind of close to home. And uh, unfortunately, didn't didn't quite my best stuff and missed the cut. But um, you know, went went to Mexico and, and played solid. Didn't finish as well as I wanted to, but you know, it was cool cool to play there. And, so yeah, we've been traveling all over. Just, just, just learned a lot about you know pacing myself, not trying to burn myself out too much early in the week. You know, it's uh, it's easy to kind of want to stay out there on the course all day and, and want to grind on every part of your game. But you know, you got to save your energy. It's a lot of lot, a long week, a lot of you know, especially moving forward, we're gonna be playing every week for 14 straight weeks. So I'm gonna have to really use those lessons I've learned about just pacing myself and not trying to burn myself out too much. Otherwise. Yeah, it's not going to benefit you in the long run. Yeah, I mean, talk us through that too a little bit. I know the one week uh, the Corn Ferry Tour brought you and, and another individual out and, and kind of let you experience, you know, kind of the culture outside of the golf course. Um, do, do you see yourself doing a little more of that now that, you know, you kind of have been through the ropes a couple times and, and maybe not seeing the golf course as much and maybe taking in some of the culture at some of these places that you go and travel to throughout the course of the rest of the season? Yeah, that was that was a really cool experience. Um, the the guys from the uh, like the digital media from the Corn Ferry Tour asked me and George Cunningham if we wanted to go up and basically the tallest point in all of uh, of all of Bogota it was a, like 12,000 uh, 12, feet elevation, um, and so it was just it was such a cool view and uh, you know something like I'd never no, never done before. Just seeing a being in a different country like that. Um, and, you know, it's funny how I played really well at that event, even though that was about as least preparation as I've ever had for a golf tournament. As far as coming in kind of late, tired, I was not even feeling 100% that week. I didn't really – I played one practice on each course kind of quick. But just taking some time away from the golf course, you know, you get a, a little bit of appreciation for where you're at, you know, around the world. I mean, it is, you know, a job, but – you gotta you gotta take some time to just see, uh, enjoy where you're at. I mean, this is a cool ex- cool opportunity to travel around the country and around the world to see cool spots, and that was that was an awesome experience. And uh, you know, moving forward, I'm gonna try to try to just take in a little bit of the local uh, whatever the local area has to offer, just kind of something to remember it by, and that kind of takes away some of the stress of just trying to grind on your game every week. 
Yeah, I think it, man, that's that's just so relatable, even to like us who just get in local tournaments or anything like that. It's like you can always find yourself maybe grinding a little too hard, especially the night before a tournament or the day the day before a tournament. You you almost feel guilty sometimes if you're not out there long enough and you say, Well, you know, so and so's so and so's probably working a little harder than me and, and you know, hitting some more balls, hitting some more putts. It's like, you know, I should be out there. I should be playing. And and sometimes that that little break for your mind almost does you better than 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 sitting out there grinding over something as minuscule as you know you've put the time in over the last months, years and, and whatever to to, you know, be ready and be prepared. So that that's cool to hear that, you know, that was actually one of your kind of your best weeks out there on tour. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you think about it, I mean you're not really going to change a whole lot the, the, the couple of days before a tournament starts. I mean, what you show up with is kind of what you got. And, um, you know, anyone that's trying to make big changes a couple of days before by grinding on the range for three hours probably isn't going to do very well. So, you know, you're better off just kind of putting in the work you need to and then, uh, you know, taking the rest of the time to do something else. You know, that's something that I've kind of learned so far. Just it's different than college. College events, you're only playing one event every three or four weeks and uh you know playing every week is definitely a little bit different and you know you can only work on so many things um but it's it's a long season you don't have to burn yourself out at one event so yeah that's that's definitely something that i'm going to be uh, more aware of moving forward awesome yeah that's cool to hear and and you know with the time off you were able to kind of you know rest your mind rest your body a little bit uh but you didn't take too much time off. You said you were grinding, you know, before we got on and, and we're, uh, we're really working on some things of the game. You know, what were a couple aspects that you, you really pinpointed as, as areas of improvement during this kind of, you know, impromptu vacation time? Um, yeah. So one of the things that I wanted to kind of work out was uh, actually my, my equipment and uh, my club setup. So uh, I actually went up to uh, the Taylor made kingdom, which was, and uh in georgia at reynolds plantation and um because i you know first year being with taylor man i wanted to make sure that all my clubs were kind of fit to my specs and you know the first few events traveling around a lot of the trucks uh tour trucks weren't there so i couldn't really uh tweak as many things as i wanted to um so i actually went up and and changed my driver shaft got some different wedges and um uh, a couple a couple three woods so you know i feel like so I finally have a bag that actually fits my swing and my game right now uh, really well. So um, that was one thing that I've just been, uh, you know, not, not, not as much changing my technique or my swing as much as just working on the scoring clubs, working on my, my short game and putting and wedge distance control. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing for me for scoring, I feel like. I mean, I, I usually drive the ball pretty well. Um, you know, I have my, my good days and, and not as good days ball striking, but normally it's, it's the difference between the wedges and the short game that's going to get you, you know, the bad rounds to be better. You know, the really good rounds, take advantage of those when you're hitting it really well. you got to convert those putts. And, um, so, yeah, I'm just, you know, and also working on having the right mindset and attitude, not getting too frustrated or high or low, just keeping an even keel. You know, even in these little mini tours I've been playing, you know, where you, you still feel a little bit of pressure on you. So I've been uh, just trying to, you know, bring all those little things together. So hopefully it'll be uh, just kind of improve even just a little bit each round uh, when I get back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, man, Dante and I tinker constantly um, with our equipment, oh. and <laughs> and and to have something in the bag, Dante. I mean, you can you can touch on this too that you just feel confident with. I mean, you just switched a putter grip yesterday because you were really just un, 
comfortable with the new grip that was on your putter. And I mean, it goes down to that, whether it's like a lie loft angle on a driver or some shaft that's just a little bit different for you, or even, you know, just changing grips. I mean, or, a fresh grip on a club can, can make the mind feel so confident over a swing. It, it's, it's so key to get that kind of things dialed in. That's very true. Especially the grips. I mean, even if like the grips just a little warm in one spot and it feels a little slick, Oh man, I I'll tell you what, I I like having a tacky grip. I I have smaller hands, so I like to have um to make sure that I have full control when my hands are on the club. So if that one little thing is just off in the feel of my hands, it's it's going to be uh, a a long day for me because I'm not. I mean, that's the only thing you can your body connects to the club, you know. Yeah. And then, I mean, so if that's off, your your entire day is going to be extremely off. And that's the same thing. Like I was talking to Dalton earlier, the putter grip, I, I had this nice grip on it, but it was a little too tacky for a putter grip, in my opinion. And it just was so rough and tough to get on that I think it was actually slightly crooked, but it wasn't, but it caught, it, my eye just, just couldn't, it, every time I would look down, every time when I'm playing throughout the round, checking, is this is this grip actually on right? And I said, you know what? Screw it. Purchased a different one, ripped it off, and just wait. Now I'm waiting for this one to dry. So, <laughs> so hopefully, it's take it'll be dry to take it out tomorrow. And I'll still miss putts, but at least I'm I'm confident missing them. No, I'm just kidding. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I just I just I just ordered new grips myself. I gotta. Yeah. Grips are you know I got those right before first stage and. Uh, I haven't changed them since. They're like super slick now. And I'm just like, I had to ask the guy from TaylorMade to send me new ones. Hopefully they'll be here in a couple of days. I can get them on before the tournament. But yeah. like, it's going to feel, that's going to feel nice. Like just having those fresh grips. I mean, it's just feel like, you know, like you said, like you get a good feeling in your hands and it's like, you can hit a great shot just because you feel good over the ball. It's amazing how that works. Boy, it's crazy because, like, I just played with Dante and the humidity the other day got so bad that between every shot, we've just felt like we were playing in rain almost. Our hands were so sweaty, and, and I didn't realize kind of how bad my grips were and, until you really, you know, you got over a shot where you had to swing all out, and you took a couple practice swings, and then you're like, man, I don't know if this thing's going to slip out of my hands or not. And, and just a little feeling like that, you know, I can't, you know, I can't even imagine we were just playing for a couple bucks and, and let alone, you know, trying to, trying to play for a job. It, it's that kind of security that you really need to have. So I got to ask, what, what grips are you rocking? Um, I'm just using the Golf Pride uh, Tour Velvets, just like the plain black ones, man, like nothing special. I've used, I've used new decade multi-compounds in the past, but, um, I think it was in college. I, I, I just went to like this, this, I felt like the little tackiness of the, the tour velvets, like when they're new, they feel so good. So I'm just like, you know what, if I can, if they're going to give me new ones, I'm just going to use the ones that feel the best when they're fresh. Yeah. So, I have, uh, I have one of those on my, I just picked up the, um, a new club. And when I ordered it, it, you know, you had the option that, so I play the, uh, the super stroke S text, which I really like. Um, yeah. but they're like hard to come by when it comes, when, I, when I order certain clubs off online. So I just went with the, you know, the tour velvet, like 360. So no logo on it. And, you know, when I cleaned it up and it, it's crazy too, once you like clean it up or you throw a little soap on it, you get like kind of like the, the dust off of it or it's some yeah. type of sweat off of it, man, the tackiness that those actually have is pretty insane. And I'm, I'm kind of contemplating. I'm like, you know what? I might just, you know, 
strip the entire set and just pull out some Tory Velvets, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, that's true. You know, I like to wet that, wet that towel before every shot and just give it a quick wipe down and just get that little extra tackiness. Yep. Yep. You guys, you guys are both crazy. I've had multi compounds on my clubs since I was like a freshman in college, and I just haven't been able to go back to anything ever since. So those are good. Those are good. I got yeah, like three old sets of irons with those on there. So you know, maybe I'll go back to them one day. But you know, listen, I, I'm not hating on any grip, but I'll tell you what, I had one of those multi compound ones on, and like out of the blue, like this, the bottom half of the grip just randomly one day they got like super slick and i said what the heck happened here had no idea and i was like nope moving on trying something new but hey you got to go with what's comfortable to you and your hands because again you're the one swinging the club and that's your, the only connection you're going to have so that's like i grips are i think sometimes underrated for how important they really are i think so yeah i mean I just uh, I gotta find somebody to put my grips on. I don't have a I don't have the stuff to change it myself. So <laughs> I gotta be going into my local golf store before I get to the tour event to try to get these things on. <laughs> Public service announcement, guys! Your corn fairy tour boys they still go to Dick Sporting Goods to get their golf <laughs> golf clubs changed. I tell yeah. you, when when you don't have the proper like vice grip or anything like that, oh, they're they're tricky, brutal. man. They're tricky to get on. They are brutal. I Fuck. I went out that spend all the money just to get this certain parts for it <laughs> better man than i better man than i well we were talking a little earlier and you mentioned you kind of in your backyard to start out corn Ferry for 2020 um you know next week coming up they're at tpc sawgrass and, and you've played quite a few rounds there um talk us through you know what it feels like to kind of just start off in your hometown yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be great going back to TPC Dyes Valley Course. Um, it's a golf course that I've played many times. Uh, like I had a college event out there every year, so played that event three times. Uh, played a junior event out there. Um, I've also gone up there. You know, it's only about two hours away from my house, and uh, you know, being on the Corn Ferry Tour, we get privileges at TPC, so I've been able to go up there and play play that course, practice up there uh, a couple of different times, and. So I feel really just comfortable. It's nice to be at a golf course that, you know, it's not new to me like a lot of the corn fair events are. Um, I don't feel like I'm going into a blind and having to do a ton of work, you know, Monday through Wednesday to figure out the golf course. So it's just going to be a little bit easy, ease of mind, you know, easing into that tournament. Um, you know, and uh, my caddy, you know, is going to be trying to figure it out. But <laughs> I, uh, I'm just glad to kind of be able to have a home game and drive two hours to, to see the course and then, you know, only uh, only drive about half an hour away south uh, after that event to, to play the next one at the World Golf Village. This is another home game. So it'll be nice to start out with just a couple, uh, couple of close events right out the gate and just hopefully play well before we kind of go all over after that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely go all over after that. Uh, Utah, Colorado, San Antonio, um, and then out to the Price Cutter, and then uh, and then the Portland and Boise. Um, talk us through that stretch. You know, what is? Uh, have you been out to that part of the country before? And and if you have, um, what, what do you think is kind of maybe going to be your most comfortable events uh, kind of through that stretch? Yeah. So last year when I was doing a lot of the Monday qualifiers, I uh, I went out to Utah. I didn't make it. Um, you know, I'm actually, so the, the second event, it starts, uh, 
this, the one at the Rogoff Village is a uh, Wednesday through Saturday tournament. So there's an extra day of travel there. And, you know, since we go to Utah, then Colorado is pretty close. Uh, I'm actually driving uh, from Jacksonville to, to Utah, which is about a 31-hour drive. Um, but, you know, I'm going to take an extra day, get out there. No, no plane, no rental car for, for a couple of weeks. Uh, so I'll go there, Colorado's, you know, right there. And then down to San Antonio, which is a little bit of a drive for, but we're there for two weeks. Um, so, you know, my caddy, my caddy's doing the same thing. He's driving all 17 events. Um, so he's, he's going all the way from there to Portland after that. Wow. Who's your caddy? We got to shout out that man. His name is Raymond Yoel. He goes by in the way, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he's he's a he's a stud, man. He's got his car packed up with everything, all these yardage books from, you know, every single tournament, all the pin sheets. He's he's loaded. But uh, so yeah, it's gonna be an interesting way to way to get there to Utah. But you know, I think once I get there, uh, it'll be all right. I'll be able to kind of relax and, and just be nice to have my car. Just you know, be able to no no planes or rental cars. I don't love flying anyways, so I don't mind long road trips. It's just gonna be a treat as like a little adventure out there to the to the midwest kind of so <laughs> that's pretty sweet man and, and that little bit of comfort uh i think you know tour pros back in the day even they'd take those little winnebago's or, or just any kind of little camper and do a trip like that and a, a little taste of home whether it's truly home or not um seems to do wonders for the mind um so that, that's that's really neat to hear you you're, you're making the drive out there in your own car and uh man that's gonna be a haul yeah it is yeah i'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, stop somewhere, maybe maybe Kansas City for a little uh, little snooze. But but yeah, like I said, we get an extra day of travel, so I was like, you know, my caddy can do it. I think I can do it. It will be motivating for each other. Uh, but yeah, man, it's gonna be a long stretch, 14 I think straight weeks. So um, as of now, I'm planning to play every single one of them. So you know, it's gonna be. Uh, Hopefully I can kind of play well in these first few events and just kind of relax a little bit, but, you know, I'm planning to play them all. And, you know, now that we've kind of got a shorter, a shorter season, it's going to be just kind of a race to the finish. Although, you know, we're not having Q school for next year. So it's going to be one long season, which is kind of nice knowing that, you know, worst case you got status for the next year. Um, so it's kind of like you're getting 48, 48 events almost just out of uh, one Q school. So it's a good year to get in. Yeah, I mean, talk us through that a little bit too. When they when they announced um, kind of the wraparound schedule, as they called it, um, was there like you just said a little bit of relief, but uh, a nice kind of you know knowing that yes, you can you know race to the finish as you said to the championship this year, um, but kind of set yourself up and and you know put yourself even in a more comfortable spot uh, going into next year and even further beyond um, with those extra events guaranteed. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, it's tough for some guys that uh, they don't have you know, status on Corn Ferry, obviously not having a chance to go to Q school and having to try to Monday qualify or, uh, you know, even the, even the Canadian tour season is, is uh, canceled. But, uh, you know, it's, it's – I was in a position where, you know, I felt like it, it, was, it was a good thing. You know, I hadn't – obviously, I hadn't won early in the year, so I hadn't, like, locked up you know, potential card for next year, but obviously still got a lot of events left and a lot of chances to move up the rankings. Uh, but I feel, I feel really good about my, my position and just have, like you said, 
it's almost like a little bit of a relax, relaxing knowing that I'm going to have status for next year. I'm going to be getting in a lot of events based on, you know, being on the points list and, you know, it, one week doesn't make or break you. So, you know, just got to go out there and, and uh, try to relax and do your best and just be grateful for the opportunity to play these events. Cause a lot of guys would kill to get into these corn fairy tour events or trying to Monday qualify for four spots. It's, it's a, it's a grind. There's a ton of good players on those Mondays. I mean, Jonathan Burge, I think, tried a Monday for the first event. and like He's a tour winner, so it's like I got a great opportunity just where I'm at and just got just to gotta be grateful for that and for having another year. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, you got to, you know, just take everything that's given to you. And, um, you know, you mentioned a, a previous tour winner there. Uh, I want your opinion real quick on uh, a, another previous tour winner, a major winner uh, that was making some noise for possibly wanting to uh, go muck it up with the boys down in, uh, down in Corn Ferry. VJ Singh was, uh, you know, talking about coming back and playing with you guys in that first event back at TPC. Uh, was there any thoughts on, on him, you know, playing with you guys? Or were you hoping to get matched up with him? <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny the few, the few times i've gone up to tpc the last couple of weeks like i can hit on the back of the range where a lot of the pj guys and you know bj's out there every time i see him just grinding i mean he, he's got his huge bucket of balls he's got his caddy and they're just grinding so you know he's still got the itch to compete you know even though corn fairy tour is obviously not the level of the pj with the purses or anything like that but the man loves to play and uh you know, for what he's done, you know, for the game, being a, what, 34-time tour winner or something like that, I mean, he's won a couple majors. I think uh, if he wants to play, it's great for our tour and the Corn Ferry, just bringing in some recognition. And, you know, it's just cool to be able to compete against guys like that Hall of Famers. And, uh, I mean, I think it's awesome just to, like, see where the game stacks up against a guy like that. Even though he's a little bit older, he's still got some, some serious game. And, uh, you know, it'd be cool to play with him. I've never gotten to play with him before. but. You know, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, a guy like that who's earned his spot in, in golf history, you can't, you can't deny him the best place to play if he wants to play. I think he's earned every right to play wherever he wants. So it'll be yeah. cool to see. I thought the same thing, man. I, I, I thought it just spoke to how much he loves the game. Um, I think everyone is, you know, in your guys' shoes uh, that love competitive play, uh, whether it's Corn Ferry, PGA, Senior Tour, whatever, you know, you just love to compete. You guys have an itch and a drive and a love for the competition side of the game. And I think it shows for him. And it just, I mean, I watch him on social media. And not only is he grinding, like, on the back of the range, like you said, at TPC, he's grinding in the gym. He's grind, you know. He's he's probably in better shape now than he was when he won all those tour events and all those majors. Uh, he's just an absolute athletic freak now. Um, so it's cool to see, you know, the old guys like that still have the drive and you know to get it out against you young bucks and and see what they have too. I mean, as he gets yeah. older, he's probably stacking it up and saying, "Let's see what I have against the young guys." So it, it was yeah. cool. It was cool news to see. Yeah, I, I've been up to. Uh... So every every week at TPC, they've been having like this money game, like they've been having two day events on the stadium course, and so a lot of the local guys, um, you know, like VJ or uh, Jim Furyk, Billy Horschel, and Russell Knox, they've been getting out there and playing. And I went up and played last week. Um, it was like, you know, four hundred twenty dollars to play, twenty dollars for skins, and you know, it's just like I I to play Russell Knox the second day, and it's like this guy's won twenty million on tour, and he's out here like just eating his packed lunch on the course playing for like this $400 entry fee. Just like, throwing some PB&Js in I was going to say, is it Uncrustables out there on TPC Stadium or what? He brought out some little sandwich. I think it was maybe a PB&J or something, but 
it's like Jim Furyk's out there on the range talking to Billy. It's like, man, these guys are just, I mean, at the end of the day, they're golfers. They like to play and compete. So it's like, I mean, it's all just, it's all just common man golf. The purse is just a little higher than the rest of us. So is that, is that how you kept the juices flowing? Just some money games, uh, you know, reaching out to some other players and traveling yeah. the courses and just getting big matches going. That was one good one. You know, we've got some good players on my home course at Suntree and uh, we've been, you know, Nick Lindheim's on the PJ Tour. So we've been playing a little bit. Um, the rest of them has just been Moonlight Tours, man. Just like one, two-day events. You know, you pay your 120 to, you know, two days are like 300 bucks. But, yeah, I've been uh, been playing those. You get some good players out there. Now that nobody – everybody's looking for something to play, you know. We've got like Chris Couch, Brian Davis, you know, these guys that have won on the PJ Tour out there playing against us uh, on the Moonlight Tour. So it's it's cool. Like, I mean – when when you see guys like you see on on the PJ tour like come back and play little mini tours, it gets you motivated. So you know, I still feel some nerves even in those little money games. Yeah, I mean, yeah. talk us through that too, man. You uh, you you took a second place with a a little bit of COVID golf, you know, kind of biting you in the butt. Uh, you're not a fan of those upside down cups anymore, are you? No, no. We had a uh, yeah two day event at Champions Gate, the international course, and uh. Yeah, the second round, I was tied for the lead with uh, my buddy Ted Smith, who I was playing with the second round, and I think I was tied for the lead, yeah, on the 14, little par three, and I hit a, had about a three-footer for par, and I hit the hit the upside-down cup right on the, right on the wrong angle of the flagstick, and it popped right back out. And uh, fortunately, I got into a playoff, um, you know, by making birdie on 18, but then I, I messed up the playoff hole, and he got the win. So, you know, I should have won it outright. I can't, you know, but I did give myself a chance at least. So, but yeah, that actually happened to me at another event too. Um, you know, pop right now. It didn't cost me a win, but so it happened to me twice, but I'm ready to get, start taking these flag sticks out and, uh, you know, just be able to have those short ones in the hole and not to worry about it. For sure. Yeah. Now, have you heard from the corn Ferry tour, you know, what's the, what's the status going to be when you get out there of the play, uh, from that perspective, is it going to be normal cups when you guys get back to tournament play? So yeah, we're we're gonna be able to take out the flag sticks. Um, you know, a lot of the the rules. You know, the caddies aren't able to to touch any of our clubs or or the balls or the flag sticks. So a lot of that's gonna just be on the player uh, as far as like cleaning their own clubs and, and balls and everything like that. Which is gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So but, you're getting uh, rid of the prima donnas so, out there real quick. Yeah. Right. So you can't. So they can carry the bag, but they can't touch the sticks. Yes. Yeah. That's, so, that's kind of goofy, but sometimes I'm, you got to wonder who makes these rules, but you know what? Yeah. We'll follow them. <laughs> <laughs> we want, we want tournament golf. We'll follow them. Yeah. It's just going to be like college golf. You know, I can't complain. It's, it's just going to be just like I'm back playing a college event, but it'll be uh it'll be different, but Hey, I can't complain. I just want to play golf, man. I can't complain. <laughs> hey we we want to we want you back playing golf we want uh we want to watch tournament golf I, I miss uh coming home from a you know mid-afternoon round and, and catching the last couple holes of a pga tour event uh the sun um, the sunday money matches at your local muni or or club and then you just come back and just kick the feet up on the couch with the beer in your hand just watching some professional golf is is great but right now we don't have that second part and I'm pretty pumped to see that coming back. Yeah. Oh my God. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Excited for it, man. Well, hey, best of luck uh, next week and, and the week after, you know, in your hometown. And then uh, after that, best of luck on your, you know, little road trip across the country. And uh, be safe. Play well, man. And uh, we're pulling for you. You know, have fun out there. And uh, thanks for joining us again this evening. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'll, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, just get out there and get on a roll. And yeah, I think the event in Utah is on TV. So, you know, hopefully I can play well and, you know, you can give me a little shout out if you see me out there. All right. Well, that's it, <laughs> man. We'll, uh, we'll be tuning in right. whether you're on TV or not, man. And uh, as always, man, excited just to have you and uh, always pulling for you. So best of luck out there, buddy. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk soon. Yes, sir. Thank you guys. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. All right, guys, that was Mickey DeMorat. Um, always a freaking pleasure, man, talking to him. Uh, so down to earth. Uh, you know, I wish Isaiah could have popped on with us this evening to talk to his old uh, buddy, you know, from college. But, man, just what a cool cat. I mean, he seems like he's got uh, the demeanor to just kind of handle himself out there on tour. And, uh, you know, while a lot of guys kind of sat back and, and used that as vac- vacation time, uh, he got right to work when, when COVID hit and uh, went to the the kingdom, like he said, and got his specs right, um, you know, got his game in check. And, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not putting the pressure on by saying expect big things, but uh, I think he's going to see some success out of, uh, out of the you know, next couple tournaments. I just uh, – I, I got some good vibes going from Mick uh, running into the uh, events in his hometown. I agree. And I'll uh, – I was – I wanted to say it um, earlier, but – when he said that his first two tournaments back to competitive golf and actually, you know, this is him making a push to make sure and, and help him get in um, and make the dream a reality to become a PGA Tour member. You have two courses and two events right in the beginning, basically in your backyard that you've already played. So that, that takes so much pressure off of his shoulders right out the gate. It gives, it gives him a huge advantage because he's talking about how guys would drive hours just to go, you know, check out the course and basically get a feel for it, get the greens, kind of get, kind of just see it firsthand. He's played it multiple times, so he, he knows where to hit the spots. I mean, he knows certain breaks already on the greens. So, I mean, right there, there that's – He's been playing money matches with the PGA Tour boys out there the last couple of weeks. I mean, I'm um, I'm excited to see what Mick does here in the next couple of weeks. Um, man, I mean, I, when he was talking about race to the finish, uh, I kind of briefly looked over the schedule, but looking at it now, they come back June 8th through the 14th, the Corn Ferry Challenge at TPC Sawgrass, the Dyes Valley Course, not the Stadium Course, but from there to the Corn Ferry Championship, where it's all decided, top 25 get their card. August 24th. So it's really only two months of golf every week and not just golf like here and there. It's golf everywhere. Like they said, Florida, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Missouri, Nebraska, Oregon, Idaho, and then Ohio. And then to Indiana, Indiana for the championship. So I mean, are they having like multiple events at multiple, at like the same time? No, no, that's just week after week after week. Um, yeah, it, it is going to be a grind. These guys, I mean, they're, they're going to be fresh. I know that. And they're all chomping at the bit to play. But, man, that's a lot of golf in two months. And uh, as you and I can attest, and I'm sure a lot of the golf nuts out there can attest, uh, playing a couple days in a row is exhausting. 
Um, and then let it alone having to get in a car and like he said, driving 30 hours, uh, to go to Utah. Um, that, that takes a toll on the body and, and these guys are really going to have to manage their diets, their, you know, their time, their, their just, you know, their practice rounds and everything. Um, but, uh, I, I can tell you this, and I think I'm going to guarantee you this, not just Mickey, but everybody out there, you're going to see some damn good golf being played here in the next two months. Um, not disagreeing with you on that one. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to be so amped up that, I mean, the juice is flowing. They're going to be firing at pins. I mean, you're going to see these guys hitting some shots that like, they don't even think they would normally hit just because of how pumped they are. Uh, it's going to be very exciting to see. It's going to be – and if we can get some viewership on our end, I think that's – that that one, that would be huge uh, to showcase the Corn Ferry Tour a lot because, I mean, this is where it starts. I mean, this is – for those out there that are trying to grind – and have a dream of making it on tour, this is where you go. This is where you go to take the next step to get to that highest level. So, I mean, if they could somehow showcase and get some broadcasting on, on the Corn Ferry Tour stuff, I, I would tune into that 100%. Yeah, for sure. I, I think they're going to have to at least put some time on the uh, on the schedule for, for the TPC Sawgrass. I think, it, you know, that course is already set up for – some kind of, you know, viewership. Uh, but then Mickey said, you know, the Utah event is going to be definitely televised. Um, so we're going to see the Corn Ferry Tour out and about on TV. Uh, probably the Golf Channel, I would imagine, um, would, would be covering that. So, uh, you know, we're going to get to see these guys who are playing for their livelihoods, playing for their jobs, uh, you know, grind it out week in and week out. So excited to see that, man. I, I'm just like, like we said when we were talking to him, to come back on a Sunday afternoon after playing your Sunday morning match with your boys, you know, hopefully a little cash in your pocket afterwards and kicking it back in the afternoon and just watching golf, you know, there's nothing better. And, and I'm so stoked for that to be back. You mean like more like uh, money in your Venmo account these days? Yeah, you know, COVID rules, money in your Venmo account, <laughs> PayPal if you, if you use that, you know. But uh, yeah, you know, electronic money right yeah now it's gonna yeah that'd be um i'm excited i'm excited to see i'm definitely be keeping and tuning in um because i mean shoot any any way you can broadcast live sports is going to be uh, people are going to tune in so mm -hmm. if we can get some i mean that just can be good for just like everything just like i mean live sports golf corn fairy tour you name it it, it can it'll, it'll just be great for the golf community and just be great for the for the sports community because let's let's face it i mean you my dad's been saying he's like man i just i just miss sports i <laughs> just, just I want something to watch i mean he's that's he's why watching the 80s matches. world he's watching world 80s world series replays on mlb uh yeah, we're, we're getting desperate as a human race right now for some live sports. I mean, that's why the match went over so well. That's why the Tiger-Phil match went over so phenomenally well. Uh, people are just jonesing for, for some live sports. And, you know, like we said with the Corn Ferry coming back, the, the PGA Tour is coming back uh, kind of right after them. Um, July or June 11th through the 14th, Charles Schwab uh, out in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, now, obviously, like we, we've kind of talked about earlier, no one's having fans at this first kind of – I would almost even call it a trial run uh, for, for sports coming back. Um, 
you know, nothing's guaranteed. I, I think in the climate we're in right now, nothing's guaranteed. So I feel like it's just a trial run, but they're coming back in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and what a golf course out there. Colonial Country Club has always been kind of like the storied place for, they, they've held so many events in the past. Uh, I'm excited to see that course again and make the debut of professional golf on the PGA Tour comeback. Um, let's talk the, uh, let's talk the, the field there for a little bit. There's uh there are some heavy hitters in this tour. And we said that before too. We said all the heavy hitters were going to come out the first time the tour came back. And it's proven to be true. I mean, you're seeing, I think they said uh, 18 of the world's top 25 are going to be there. I mean, it, it, it's going to be a showdown. Yeah. Sorry. Hold on. Pause. I'm freaking out. Over yeah, man. So that field's, uh, that field's going to be crazy. Um, you know, I, I want to get into... I mean, we talked about it a little bit when we were up in New Jersey with with you last, but we have just been getting full advantage of our playing time now that golf is back. Um, yes, sir. I snuck in 54 the other day. I think we talked about that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm on a I'm on this I'm on this bender of like 36 a day for some reason. Why I'll go not? like 36, 36, and then like two two days off. And then I'm back to like 36. Shout out to my buddy, Steve DiCarlo, man, down at Rum Point. Um, he's kind of the, you know, the instigator to the madness per se sometimes. Um, you know, we'll get done 18 and he's like, dude, you know, is, is you know we could have played better. Yanking your chain over here, just like nudging you, just like. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't take much because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a sucker for another 18 if it's really nice out. And it's mm -hmm. been really nice out. So oh, I agree. you don't have to yank yeah. my chain too hard to throw me into another 18. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the same way. Uh, but I've been, I've been basically almost playing 18 every day. And it's funny, my dad's kind of the one that's sitting there. Hey, what's our schedule for next week? And I'm sitting there. Well, you tell me what days you can play. And then I'll make the tea time. So we'll play kind of like almost like every other day. And then in between those every other days, I'm finding other people to play with. And we got a lot of members where there's always a big Wednesday game, uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, that's a net game. And then there's, I think it's a net uh, uh, on Fridays. We call it Black Friday because they play the tips on the black tees. So I'm excited for that. I'm going to start hopping in on that one. Is, is, your, dad, is, is your dad retired? He's retired. Yeah, so my dad recently retired right before all this COVID stuff hit, right? And now that he's back, like all the golf courses are open, if I lived with my dad, I'd be playing more golf than I am now. And that's saying something. My yeah. dad is an absolute golf nut now that he's retired. Um, it, you know, down a rabbit hole here quick. He plays with this Wednesday crew called the Golf Bandits, like a group of like 30 or 40, like, old gentlemen all retired mm -hmm. nothing yep. better to do than play golf um and so he plays golf every wednesday right they travel around different golf courses and play every every wednesday at a different golf course but then his like childhood buddy works at a range just to pass the time because he's retired and got bored so now my dad gets free golf balls whenever he wants up at this range too and free like nine hole at their little nine hole course i think my dad's played about 36 holes a day at a nine hole track because he gets it for free. So, I mean, we talk about us being grinders. Shout out to my dad and your dad for being the true instigators of retirement yeah, golf life. Well, it's funny because my dad's always golfed a lot. Well, and then he, here and there, and then, you know, he's, he's always golfed. 
and then you know we came around my brother and myself and you know we played different sports growing up so we always he took his his free time and invested in our free time uh getting into sports and all that so for a good duration from when we were about 10 to yeah i would say just for me out out of college because my brother didn't he went to college to play lacrosse and ended up realizing it really wasn't for him i went to the four years so i would say from like 10 to, to 20 age 22 was constantly traveling back and forth uh watching us play and putting all his all his free time and giving us the opportunity to be able to play all these things to then just kind of stop in and then we got full-time jobs and then I got into golf and then kind of got him back into it to where he's like playing all the time and then once he retired he's playing at least four times a week and Love now that. it's you know since we have all this free time he's like where are we playing and and what days and it's it's like all right um how about how about we do like Tuesday Wednesday Thursday of next week and then the following week we have like a calendar now that we're going to have to start writing in the days and what times I and, tell you what, where um, we want to fly. I have a dedicated calendar for the podcast, obviously. And then I have a dedicated calendar for other things in daily life. And I'm, I'm in the same boat, you know, being laid off and, and just having all the free time. I'm on the, I'm on the edge. I'm on the precipice of needing that third calendar just for golf tee times. And I tell you what, I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we, we have this free time right now and this isn't going to happen again. Uh, knock oh, on wood. I, yeah, I we hope, hope it not. Good Lord. But, but yeah, but like, I mean, you can't do anything else. My dad so, told me, I my mean, dad told me this and, and it's like, it's not only just a, a golf thing. Like obviously we were talking about golf when he said it, but it's not just a golf thing. It's a life thing. Um, and it goes back to, man, the numerous conversations we've had about how great the game of golf is to the game of life. Um, you know, my dad said to me, we were talking one day when we were down in our cabin um, and playing golf a little bit. Uh, he said to me, he's like, you know, I'm really glad you could get down this weekend, uh, you know, this week and, and play some golf with, with me, my uncle, my grandfather. Um, you know, he said, you know, wh what other opportunity would you have had? You wouldn't have taken vacation time from your job. Uh, to be down here in a random week in, in April. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we had beautiful weather. It was gorgeous out there. Um, my grandfather just had a ball that we were all were there. And we were all only there because of COVID pretty much. I mean, and, and he said to me, he's like, you know, it, it's, it's times like this in life where you have one of two choices. You have a choice to, to kind of sulk and, and wallow in, in the times that are, are, are upon you and kind of just sit and shelter yourself or you have a time to make the best of it. And, 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 you know, I think it spoke so loudly to how people can react to just the game of golf in general, like hit a bad shot from that shot to your next shot. Are you going to sit and pout and throw clubs or, or are you going to say, you know what? Like I'm still on a golf course and oh, I'll be out here like, tomorrow. <laughs> life could be so much worse right now. Like, you I know, know. And, and that's, what's crazy, man. And I think we've seen it in the golf community. And I think we've been blessed to be in the golf community through all of this, because I think that's everyone who truly has a passion for the game. That's how everyone approached this crisis was that mentality of like, Hey, you know, it, it sucks. Like, don't get me wrong. This sucks. People were truly affected by it, 
but like, how can we band together? Like we saw so many people from Pinehurst to Bandon to caddy programs to, to just so many companies and people shutting down operations and saying, you know what, what can we do? How can we be better and give back? And like, I challenge people to, to see other industries as a whole that did that. Like we are so blessed to be in the golf community because I feel like that's a lot of people's approaches simply because we play this amazing game. Yeah, and, and we've said it before. It, it takes away from the reality that you're in. It's, it's a nice break. I mean, we have, we are going through some shit right now. I mean, we don't even have to go down that rabbit hole. We already know what's going down. But, I mean, when you step on a golf course, you're just escaping from reality. And you're just taking in the beautiful, scenic venue that you're at. Some of the holes that you're playing at are just gorgeous. I mean, you're just on green grass and your birds chirping. You know, you you got the wind rustling on the leaves and you're just out on this golf course. It's just you and the golf course and a couple other buddies. There's no one really else around you because it's 15 minute increments of tee times. So there's yeah. no way in hell knowing you're seeing anybody. And the, and it's just that, I mean, and it's like, like you said, it's like you, you and your family. It's like me and my dad, it's me and my dad just out there having one hell of a time spending yep. some quality family time and just getting away from the nonsense that we I will say, in. you know, like you said, we don't get political, but I have to bring up this PGA memes uh, post from today. Um, I think it just perfectly encapsulates um, the time we're in, the time, mm-hmm. you know, that golf maybe can play on what we're doing and kind of give a perspective of to why golfers approach life the way they do. Um, it said, uh, I wish the world was more like a golf foursome. And this is so true. If anyone has ever gone out there as a single and joined a random group or as a, even a twosome and been paired up with two other people, um, the rest of the post says you start out as strangers, you struggle together, you encourage each other, you laugh, you tell stories, and you leave as friends. Dude, How I, true is that? It's 100% true, and I'll tell you why. Last week, played Riverwinds. And this is, you know, at first, like during the week, me and my dad were, it was twosome. So it was great. So like we didn't have any, we didn't have to worry about anybody. It was just him and I booked it. Boom, done. We're in. We play 18 out, go home. Now foursomes. And since it's limited spots, they're going to, like, I can't, like I can book me and my dad, but they're not going to just close out that tea time and just give me two. I mean, they're trying to get these people, these people are paying to play. Like they're going to get people to play. Mm-hmm. So what, what are they going to do? They're going to leave that open and they're, or they're going to pair you up with two random guys. Well, fast forward, then <laughs> I played Riverwinds the other day. We get paired up with these two guys and uh, being members from the same, from the same like Jaworski golf association, I guess you can call it that uh, down at running deer or whatever. That's kind of like the hub. They're members. You know, we, we're playing, we're shooting the shit, we're having a good time, we laugh, we're laughing, we're this and that. Turns out, the next day, we're playing the same course, but he's the tee time 15 minutes earlier than I am. I was like, hold <laughs> up, hold up. I was like, you playing with anybody? No. Got his number, called the, called, called the shop, 
spoke to uh, Clay. It was like, yo, Clay, so and so was like, has the tea time. We were say we were one o'clock. He was at twelve forty-five. Twelve forty-five. You put him with anybody? No. Can you put us with them? Sure. No problem. Next day, I met this guy on a Tuesday. Got his number. Play with them on a, on a Wednesday. <laughs> Played yeah. with them the following day. Dude, I, I love it. And, and the story speaks true to like where I'm at in golf right now too. I wouldn't mm-hmm. play as much golf as I just mentioned before if I hadn't have met Steve. And how I met Steve was my dad and I making a random tea time. We were already down in Ocean City, Maryland. We, we were, you know, we were kind of having a couple drinks right on our balcony over the, you know, over the beach on Saturday night. And we said, you know, we don't really go to church when we go down to, to the beach, you know. Uh, how should we spend our Sunday morning? And my mom, classic mom, is like, well, I'm sleeping in. You know, I, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm sleeping in. And, then I, you know, as soon as I wake up, going to the beach. She's like, hey, my mom's a beach fiend. You could, you had to pull yeah. her off the beach to get her out, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. so my dad and I were like, well, you know, before the golf course closes, let's call them up and, and see if we can get a tee time. They said they had two spots available for the first tee time out in the morning. It was with two employees of the course. And we're like, oh yeah, sure. Send us out. We, you know, we, it, it was either then or one thirty in the afternoon. So we had like two options pretty much. So we booked it and the rest is history. I met a cart guy down there named Chase Eslin who after the round was over, I shot like even par one under. And to him, it was like the coolest thing he'd ever seen in his life. And, and like, not because of how I played, but just like the round with me and my dad. And like, we just vibed, you know, it was just like, it's like, the, it's like the post said, it was like, we became best friends and we left as best friends. I got his mm-hmm. number. He said, if you're ever on the Eastern shore again, call me, like, let's play golf. Lo and behold, I graduate college, get a job on the Eastern shore. First guy I text. Chase Eslin, I say, hey, buddy, let's go play golf. Like, well, let's go play golf a lot. And now I'm a member at the courses that I ended up playing with Chase because of those guys. And that's how I met Steve. And, and that's how I basically found my group of guys that I play golf with all the time. And that's what golf can do, man. Golf doesn't just build friendships. It builds like lifelong companions. And I, I don't know if I like that word or not, but it, it, build, <laughs> it, builds, it builds some sort of bond that just you can't find in a lot of other aspects of life. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And it, it, it's too, it's crazy too how and funny story about that with Steve DiCarlo. Turns out you're like, yeah, I got this buddy Steve, this and that. What a I'm small seeing posts, world. <laughs> seeing posts from him playing Riverwinds one day. He played maybe like a couple hours after me. Turns out he's from the same area. Turns out he went to the rival high school from my high school. He went to Clearview. I went to Kingsway. It's like just crazy how tight-knit that the golf community is. But at the same time, how broad it is it can be. And it's just you just meet people and you're out there sharing the same experience, having a good time. And then, like you said, at the end of the round, you're walking off 18, you just met. Like you met three, if you were playing with three other strangers, you just became, you just made three new friends that you can play golf with anytime you want. Yeah, it's, 100%, man. It's, it's truly, uh, it's truly remarkable of what golf can really do uh, to bring a community together. Yeah. I mean, we, we see it, um, see it time and time again. Um, somehow, some way, golf pulls through in just the, the, the most amazing ways. Um, and I think now more than ever, you know, um, with the shutdown, with things 
politically. Um, it just, man, just be decent human beings. And I think golf, golf, you, you find that in golf more often than not. Um, you know, as everything, there's bad apples, but you find so many decent human beings playing the game of golf um, that I, I'm so proud to be part of, you know, the golf community and, and to try and do our part in, in giving back to the golf community in any way we can. Um, but just, you know, being there for everyone. Golf welcomes everyone. Golf is the ever welcoming sport. Um, you know, whether people like to debate that or not, you know, I'm not here for it right now. I, I'm just, I, I know it welcomes everyone. Um, and, and I'm so happy to, to hopefully, you know, continue to grow that in some way or another. Um, I love this game. I love what it's shown over the past couple months that we've been without it. And damn, I'm glad to have it back. I know. It's, and it's, it's crazy too, because it's the most fun and most frustrating game you ever play. But I'll tell you what, once you walk off 18, it's, where are we playing tomorrow? That's what bonds us, man. Everyone knows it's a struggle. Everyone knows how damn hard this game could be. So everyone knows, <laughs> like, a, listen, I, you're out here struggling with me. Hell yeah, I like you. <laughs> or, I'll, or I'll text you, like, dude, I quit. Clubs are going on eBay. Um, I'm having a bad day. He'll text me, what time's your tea time tomorrow? 8.15. Okay, okay I, I got an <laughs> I'm back text from you the other day. Yeah. Proceeded, proceeded mo- not too far behind with the clubs are on eBay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But guess oh, what? Man. I'm playing at 2.30 tomorrow. So I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, you know, and one more thing I want to talk about before we head on out. Um, yeah. We are closing in on being over the hill on our podcast episodes. Um, and, and that is not going to go without celebration. Um, we are happy to announce that we are going to do a pretty sweet giveaway um, with a shoe company that we did a review for. Um, we did a kind of heralded review for it. It's gotten a lot of uh, good feedback and everything on, uh, on the YouTube page. So um, guys, if you haven't checked out our episode, uh, go check that out with Squares Golf CEO and founder Robert Winskovitz. Um, we also, like I said, did a review of the shoe kind of all encompassing review from unboxing to wearing them and everything in between on our YouTube page. Um, and we love them. We are kind of head over heels, uh, no pun intended over, uh, <laughs> on these squares golf shoes. And, uh, and we let the company know about it and, uh, they've been so gracious enough to, uh, to partner with us in doing a giveaway. So guys, for our 50th episode, we are going to be giving away, not just the squares golf shoe itself, but the Squares Golf socks with the shoe, a carry bag, a Squares Golf carry bag, and a Squares Golf hat. So, guys, you're not just getting the shoes. You're getting everything encompassing, the whole package of Squares Golf. Um, and, and we're really excited to do that. So we're going to launch that Thursday with our 50th episode and give you guys a week to sign up. So details will be in that post that we send out Thursday. But stay tuned for that. Watch for that. And, uh, you know, get entered. Get yourself a pair of these squares golf shoes for free. Yeah. Free stuff. Good stuff. Always love some free stuff, but good free stuff is even better stuff. And let me tell you, um, you know, it's funny because I ordered a 10 and a half in these shoes right off the bat. Um, and I was a little like skeptical, I guess. Um, and then I got a second pair of shoes and then after I wore them in a little bit, let me just tell you, these shoes are phenomenal. Um, 
you know, as we both mentioned in the review, which I think is just an honest opinion, they're quirky looking down at when you first put them on. But once you wear them two or three rounds, they honestly, you forget about the quirkiness and they just become like kind of a a constant reminder of like, all right, where are my toes at? Where am I lining up at? Mm -hmm. And that and just the the cushion and just the stability, like I said before, uh, usually like when you put on summer shoes, you know, they're, they're tight. Um, they're narrow. So if you like wider feet, you, or they're, or they're made of mesh material. So your foot sliding around, these are like full genuine leather. Uh, they're wide. Um, they're thick in the heel. I mean, they're, they're a very stable shoe and it feels like you were locked into the ground. And where do you get your power from in the swing? Where do you get your speed? From the ground so i'll tell you what they uh it, it's there's something there's something special yeah they have they have the uh they're they're not the so-called quote-unquote normal look uh to most people's eyes but again yeah you get past that well guys but hey, there's also a reason yeah, there's also a reason they were golf digest shoe of the year already um in 2020 um yeah i know we're six months into it but uh, golf de- golf can digest we, uh can we yeah. get six months out of it too Holy where did shit. the where did the year go yeah but uh yeah guys i mean they're the number one rated shoe of 2020 um and for a reason i'll be honest i think i'll have these shoes in the rotation for years to come i i think they're just so well built um and, and this isn't an ad this isn't a paid ad this is just us saying how much we've truly experienced the shoes uh been skeptical of the shoes at first we were skeptical of, of how these shoes were going to kind of operate breathe and, and and function and uh boy i tell you what they've they've blown away my expectations uh on and off the course you know i mean just even wearing them like kicking it back you know just kind of i i almost i almost drove home in them one day i forgot how comfortable they were so i mean that that's how good these shoes are guys and uh I, we wouldn't be partnering up and doing this giveaway if we didn't truly believe in this product uh it's kind of our first partnership actually in a in a brand um that we really believe in this big so um took us 50 episodes to to find a product this freaking good to be able to give out to you guys so we're so happy to do this and so thankful for squares and, and robert Winskovitz over there and just the, the you know the love they've showed to us so um guys check that out. We'll also be throwing in some cut golf balls, some tees, some stickers, you know, putting some enjoy the walk flair on our side of things to get you guys some enjoy the walk swag as well. Um, so details of that post will be out. Um, you can also just, if you want to pick up swag on your own, find us at www.enjoythewalkpod.com. And as always guys, Twitter and Instagram, enjoy the walk pod. Um, so guys, that's it for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you guys enjoy the episodes, go give us a rating and a review on iTunes and share it, share it with a friend who you think enjoys the game of golf enough to listen to the enjoy the walk podcast. Um, you know, without you guys listening and without you guys sharing the word, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this. So, you know, thank you guys for listening. Um, and if you love us enough, share it, we'd truly appreciate it. So that's it for us guys. Uh, we're back on the course. We're playing a lot, um, so the content is out there. We're hoping to just continue to play as much as we can. Um, Dante, I know you said you, you got a couple tee times. You're playing 36 Wednesday. I am playing 36 Wednesday. 
morning round with dad or a different course and then back to the deer to play in a money match on wednesday night so oh, i love a good I'll get money some match. uh yeah hey i'll get some i'll get some uh, snippets for you guys uh see so you guys <laughs> you guys know how i'm doing so yeah uh, i yeah, uh, i hopefully i hopefully have a uh, a new drone coming in the mail on wednesday Ooh. um so steve uh steve got a new gopro as well so uh we're scheming down here on the eastern shore buddy uh we we got some good videos i think in the making once we once we kind of cut our teeth on the the uh the you know videography side of things we're new to it but we're learning so uh excited to get that content uh, out to you guys too and uh possibly a an appearance of dante down on the eastern eastern shore of maryland coming up soon yeah, uh, Dante's been down a few times before. Played uh, played my neck of the woods a few times, but uh, it's been a while. So we're gonna show him the ropes on the eastern shore, and uh, I think there'll be a couple live froms coming to you guys next week. So stay tuned for that as well. And uh, guys, you know, as always, enjoy the walk out there. Carry your clubs, uh, whether it's a push cart, whether it's you know slinging a Sunday carry, or uh, you know just a stand bag. Guys, get out there and just uh, love the game. Love it, love it for what it is, and uh, you know interact with us tell us how, tell us what you think because we love uh, we love talking to you guys as well yeah. so where are you guys walking at that's where we want to know yeah let us know where are you walking <laughs> at yeah all right guys enjoy the walk out there we love you guys till next week <laughs>